Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Need a fun summer read? The Sweeney Sisters by Leon Dolan is out in paperback now. Leon Dolan, I hear she's great. In fact, best-selling author Susan Wiggs calls the Sweeney Sisters, quote, a story to savor and share. But we call it, quote, a thinly veiled tale of our childhood. <laughs> Judge for yourselves. The Sweeney Sisters is available in paperback and all formats at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or your indie bookstore. You know, Jewel, it would also make a great hostess gift for everyone you're visiting this summer. Mm. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a satellite sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You are listening to Satellite Sisters. Great to be with you today. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Pasadena, California. I'm a writer and producer, and I'm excited for this show. We have a lot of good information you're passing along. A lot. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica. I think information is a very strong word for what we have today. Okay. We have, we have some material. I'd call it material, Leanne. So, Thank you. Liz. Yeah, I'm here in in my second bedroom in Santa Monica. The Satellite Sisters, you know, Mud Bath Productions, Semi HQ. I'm good. Julie, how about you? Well, hi. This is Julie Dolan. I'm the oldest sister. I'm in Dallas, Texas. And you know what? I have some information for you. <laughs> it's my birthday today. Happy how about birthday. that? It's it's a minor birthday, um, but I could not be happier to be celebrating it with you sisters and with the Satellite Sisterhood. So let's get this party going. Okay. All right. <laughs> Woo. All right, Jill, that's the way to start it. Well, we did take a little break uh, last week over the 4th of July holiday, um, but Julie, you apparently had a, an encounter with a badger. Is that correct? No, no. A bear, <laughs> a wolf. And a magpie. Okay. <laughs> Details coming up. Okay. okay. See, I, I, that I, is the kind of information we don't have, the badger information. Okay. <laughs> Were you not paying attention in the production meeting, Lance? I wasn't. I knew there was some animal with a diphthong in the middle, and I went with badger <laughs> instead of magpie. Um, okay. Well, I have a lot of information about beauty or beauty needs because I know that's top of mind, Liz, Julie, for both <laughs> of you. What am I doing with my French manicure this season? Oh, yeah. How am I going to handle essential oils as I head into the fall? <laughs> what is going to give me confidence uh, to show my legs? And I, oh. I'm Ooh. guessing it's not going to be jean shorts. Okay. And that, I don't know why that's even on the list, but stay tuned. I have that. Um, Liz, you have a cooking with Liz update, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I'll be doing it again this Thursday, live at five in our Facebook group. But there was a near fiasco last week, but saved it at the last minute. Okay. And we have a couple of other lighter news stories um, <laughs> and entertaining sisters. I think that's yeah. fair to say. Lighter news yeah. stories and some entertaining sisters. All right. But first, Jill, let's hear about the magpie. Okay. Okay. Well, I spent a week in the woods on our vacation holiday week. I was up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And you know, when I'm up there with my husband and my dog, we love to hike. We love to walk and hike. That's our number one activity. So, but we're also, I'm always looking for animals, checking, monitoring, because I've had some close encounters with animals in the past. Um, uh, sat longtime satellite sisters know that you know, there we had some bears, a mama bear and three baby bears visit my house in Steamboat Springs. Uh, and there was, right. Right. there was video of that. We had video. video of that. There was screaming. There right. was a 911 call. Yes, right. it was very dramatic. Well, I just would have to, I'm happy to say that I saw another bear on this trip early in the morning, my husband and I were walking with our dog. Oliver was on a leash. We saw a big 300 pound bear. Okay. Wow. But here's the news. I have sort of evolved as a bear sighter uh, or, you know, being in the woods. 
we knew exactly what we to do. We pulled back slowly, slowly, slowly. The bear did not really seem us, seemed much more interested in a lot of the garbage cans because it was uh, a garbage day in steamboats. So <laughs> yeah. um, the bear, was, bear, you know. The bears like, have the calendar. I know, yeah. they were just going for some pizza. <laughs> but there was another gentleman that was walking and he was in the middle of a Zoom call, okay? He had, his, uh, he had his earphones in, he was on a Zoom call and he is marching right into the bear, okay? So I saved this man from death, surely, you know, by, <laughs> by um, waving him off. But you know, here's the thing, when he saw that giant bear, you know what he did? He wanted to take a picture of it, okay? Stop and take a picture, okay? I don't have all the bear facts for you here this morning, sisters, but when you see a bear, do not stop and take its picture, okay? Just keep <laughs> How close was he? I, I, probably 20 feet, Lee. Oh my gosh. Oh, yes. too close. Yes. Don't yes. stop right then. The bear. Yes, no. <laughs> Move back. Move back, okay? So, so I feel, you know, I feel pretty good that we saved his life, but that's yeah. just another thing. I don't know, you know, the Zoom calls in the middle of the woods, you really do need to have some situational awareness. That's true. <laughs> okay. That's true. Number two, speaking of situational awareness, later in the week, we went to hike in a beautiful area called the Flat Tops Wilderness Area. We did some hiking and it was great. But on our way out, we saw a gray wolf. Oh, cool. Mm, that's At cool. First, I have never seen a wolf. Have you ever seen a wolf? Like I ever no. in the wild? No. 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 This was, this was, you know, at first I thought, is that just some really big fast dog that's uh, jumping around? But no, it was, it was a gray wolf because I, um, I did a little research. I went to timberwolfinformation.org and I know Liz, this will be in the show notes, <laughs> but um, wild wolves are coming back to Colorado. Okay. They, they, the state just voted to create a plan to reintroduce gray wolves by 2023. Uh, in much the same way that they've done in Montana and Idaho and Wyoming. Um, but there are reports that wolves are in this flat tops area um, even before they've started this gray wolf program. So um, that was... That's exciting. <laughs> did you call 911? <laughs> I did not call. I did not scream. Yeah. Did you uh, take its picture? No, yeah. I did not take its picture. No. And, you know, I don't know how I feel. You know, I, the whole issue of reintroducing wolves... I don't know. I'm still learning about that. I'm spending some time um, informing myself. So don't ask any follow-up questions how I feel yeah. about gray wolves in the flat tops area. It seems a little dangerous to me. As yeah. and they uh, is it more dangerous than a bear? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. It's, it's up there. Okay. But well, you know what? It's the most dangerous magpies. Okay. Yeah, they're... Do you know about magpies? I mean... No. Yes. They, all right, Liz. Okay. Here's... Here's the thing about magpies. They build nests sometimes in very public place. Up high, they build nests. And then uh -huh. it's the job of the magpies to protect their babies in their nest. So you know what they do, Liz? They swoop down and they attack you when you walk Oh, it's a, it's a dive bomb situation. I, I mean, it is crazy. There was, uh, you know, at first, my again, my husband said, you're making it up. You're making it up. I said, no, I am not making it up. Every time we walked by this one spot near the ski area, a magpie would swoop down. He was going after me. He saw me as his mortal enemy. Yeah. He was just, Leon, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. They do this to protect their nest, and that's um, that's so. And they call this swooping. And there's about a six-week period of swoop. The magpies are swooping as they protect that, but they don't swoop after everyone. I, they seem to identify who it is, you know, is going to really disrupt the nest. So again, did a little research. Apparently, magpies are a giant problem in Australia, Liz. Okay. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh okay. There is a whole swooping season. They put up public signs. Do not walk here. You're going to get soup, swooped. Uh, so they have some tips, and I wanted to pass those on. Just a quick, okay. few quick well, tips. See, here's some information. Okay. This is well, this did not get pitched in the production no. meeting that we were having magpie tips. So okay, okay. okay. First, mag travel in groups. Okay, uh -huh. carry yeah. an umbrella. If I had an umbrella, I would have put it up because <laughs> I was screaming when that magpie hmm. kept swooping after me. Wear sunglasses. This is very important. Do oh. not establish eye contact with <laughs> a magpie. Okay? 
It says, of course, to walk, don't run, and of course, don't scream. Both of what of which I was doing when uh, when I when this magpie kept swooping after. Okay, and don't act aggressive. When they see you running, that's they really think they need to kill you. They need to. Oh, oh. Okay. Okay. And then ultimately, they tell you to take a different route, and that's. <laughs> Okay. See, I think you need wolves. I think you need the wolves there in Colorado to take care of these magpies. Okay. So that's my... Okay. I'm just going to say don't establish eye contact probably applies to the bears, the wolves, and the magpies. <laughs> okay. The umbrella though, that is unique to the magpie. I don't think that's going to help you with a bear or a wolf. Okay. Okay. All right. Just a tip. Okay. There you have it, sisters. Good a information. A wolf and a magpie. Wow, another death-defying vacation. Good for you, Jewel. And life-saving. Okay, congrats. Well, I just have a quick report. You know, since I broke my leg at the beginning of the year, I've been reporting in on my hashtag little victories because it's a slow but steady recovery. The, it's all taking a while, but last week's hashtag little victory was I attended my first deep water aerobics class and it was sublime it That's was great okay ladies good oh my work. god it was so amazing i'm so i'm so lucky that we have a big huge beautiful public pool here in santa monica that has classes like that it's i could get in i could get out it was it was delightful and you know what everyone was so happy to be there because it's only just been reinstated for a larger group so everyone was just smiling the whole time like oh this is fun so so that's the good news then the other hashtag little victory that i wanted to just test this concept with both of you but particularly with you julie because as you've established you are a hiker yes you know, i'm down to uh, i'm down to one crutch now the idea is no crutches obviously haven't been able to get there so what's my transitional piece of equipment do i need a transitional equipment uh choice between the one crutch and the no crutch and i'm just not that keen on the cane as my transition so um so, so I, I'm just so excited to hear what you're going to say, Liz, because I think I know what it's going to be. Okay, I bought some hiking sticks. Oh. I went. I I thought. I thought. Okay, I went to REI on Saturday, and mainly when you go to REI, you're like getting ready for an adventure, you know. But for me, going to REI is the adventure. That's the that's an ambitious thing for me to pull. <laughs> but, but I went, and I thought. Like, really what I need is just something to help me balance a little bit. It's not like I'm leaning on them too much. So, like the Nordic walking sticks or yes, the hiking yes. sticks we used when we yes. were hiking in Argentina. Yes. So, what do you think of that as a choice? I, th I think it is exceptional, Liz, you know? <laughs> I, I mean, and you right there in Santa Monica. You're going to yeah. be out there every day with your Nordic walking sticks. Yeah, yeah. And I uh -huh. saw you in Argentina when we were in Patagonia. You're very yeah. good with them. Mm -hmm. And and. You just look like you look. You look like you're always um, on some big adventure. Maybe did you get yourself a hat too? Maybe wear with the sticks. Hat, sunglasses, umbrella, the whole thing. I'm going for it. Okay. Um, okay. So I did. I tried out the hiking sticks in front of. You know, I've mentioned Sage. She's the my helper in um, in occupational therapy that comes in on the weekends. I'm like Sage. What do you think of this as a strategy? And I like hiked around my you know dining room for a little bit with the sticks. She was like, she was skeptical, frankly. She's like, mm, I think you should test that theory with your physical therapist. Bring, bring the sticks in. And I wouldn't want to give you permission to do that. So, okay, so I'm going to do that. So, but I've got the hiking sticks. I'm ready to go. I think that's my next move. And I personally am feeling good about it. Maybe it's just an image thing, you know, because it, feels better than a cane but whatever no, i think it's good i think it's a good look liz and people are just going to be very curious are you where are you just back from <laughs> did you just did you just walk across the country you know are you yeah you know, yeah coming up you know that, i think it's good okay well on a related note i want to say that because i've done maybe too much talking about this since the beginning of the year within the satellite sisters facebook group there was quite a little i'll just call it the ortho corner. There's quite a lot of orthopedic content being posted by sisters and misters. Like Marianne, Marianne last week, she, she posted a photo of herself. She had a tibial fracture that was caused at the dog park sisters, run over by two dogs, including her own. That looked bad. Oh, Robin, wow. 
Yeah, that looked really bad. Robin broke her toe when a glass jar of Trader Joe's Bloody Mary salsa fell out of the refrigerator. Oh, that ouch. Seems- oh, ouch. That hurts so much. Yeah. Very dangerous. And Mitzi, Julie, you will appreciate this one, broke both wrists and, oh. and had to have surgery. And so she posted a photo. A coworker had sent her a shirt that said, I do my own stunts. So, of course, oh, everyone in the group got a big laugh about that. But here's what I just want to say. Like, is this a rash of orthopedic uh, freak accidents? Or are we just not paying attention, people? Have we just lost our focus? So I think that we all need to sort of adopt a no fiascos approach to 2021. Let's, I think we need to pay more attention. I think we need to maintain focus um, because I don't want the ortho corner to keep expanding. Though, of course, it is a good place to come seek solace and reinforcement and lots of other pictures of funny t-shirts. You know, um, so I'm not I'm not discouraging people from posting your orthopedic uh, freak accidents. I'm just concerned that like there might be too many of these. I think we need to we need to up our game, people, in 2021. So uh, no fiascos. Just just think about that. Maintain focus. That's all. Excellent advice. See, okay, there's some information and advice. Check. Okay, we're killing it today. We're killing it. Um, well, I just wanted to give a quick update on my investment club because someone in the Facebook group asked about it. And remember about two and a half years ago, I told you I was joining an investment club. It's all women in the club. It's about 28 of us. Some of us have business experience that is relevant in the financial world. Most of us didn't know a whole lot about picking specific spot, uh, slot, um, stocks. So the whole idea was that together we would learn how to evaluate a company, we would commit, we would present stocks, and then we would vote and we would buy them if people wanted to buy them and not buy them if we didn't. So it's, and it's a really complicated process <laughs> as it should be, because you're committing other people, your money and other people's money. And it's been pretty fascinating, but I can tell you this. So this month I'm on the stock team that has to research a stock and then present it to the group. And then we vote to see if we're going to, if we're going to buy it. I'm grateful that I'm on a stock team with several people who own very large businesses that you would have heard of. So well. they... <laughs> They know they how to read. The lead? Are you just sort of drafting, drafting? On, I, on? I am, Jill. I am. I mean, my areas of expertise are relatively small in this group. Uh, but here's the thing I've learned about investing. And, you know, Julia and Liz, I don't know if you do in- individual investing or not, but I'm just a lot more comfortable investing in companies I know. Like, I have a hard time, you know, saying yeah. we should go find something in the clean energy sector you know, which we need to diversify our portfolio. And then the next thing you know, I'm like Googling clean energy sector. It seems like it did. And then they're describing clean energy processes that I don't know how to evaluate this. And of course, every company. I think that's a why I think you're doing some wise investing there. Like, don't invest I, in things you don't know what it does. Yeah. I don't know what it does. And of course, their company website looks fantastic. I mean, they're, they're not going to make their company look terrible. And so then I go back to, well, maybe TJ Maxx. Maybe we should do TJ Maxx. I'm just comfortable. Because mom liked TJ Maxx. Yes. Well, that's something, Leon. Yeah. So, so this, uh, this particular time, there are two stock groups investing, uh, examining stocks, and we both pick streaming services, which is unusual. We don't usually pick from the same category. So we are pitching competing streaming services. So it could get very lively, could get very lively, but we're all set. But here's the number one thing I've learned from my investment club, and it's this, how to do a PowerPoint. Because, <laughs> Good, <laughs> 30 years in business. Have we ever done a PowerPoint for Satellite Sisters? Have we ever gone into a business meeting, Liz, that needed, quote, a deck? Have we? We're in the audio business, Lee, and we've really depended on the power of audio. (laughs) You did do that nice PowerPoint for the big, uh, you know, Zoom event that we had. Yes. That was delightful. Yes. And that was some of my skills that I learned in the stock club. So I I have gained still skills. It's mainly PowerPoint is what, I, is what I've gained. So that's it. But I do enjoy it. And as most activities that include large groups of women, 
I have enjoyed getting to know the women more than getting to know clean energy companies. You know, I mean, it's been fun for me because it's a group of 28 women, like 27 of whom I did not know before. I only knew one other person in the club. And so it's a completely different set of people and they bring a lot of different um, professional experiences from, you know, marketing and lawyers and finance people and people who are CEOs and non run nonprofits and things like that. So that's been a lot of fun to participate in. Good. That and learning learning the PowerPoint. And of well, course, you better make it pretty good if there are 27 people in the group. <laughs> What's that? You better make your PowerPoint deck pretty good if there are 27 people in the group. Jewel, I'm pretty good at it now, okay. I have to say. I mean, okay. well, first, so that's, yeah, it's looking good. And you know I know how to edit and do a rundown. So the right, presentation, right. I'm strong at. Yeah. I literally have to look up the financial terms every single meeting. Like, mm -hmm. okay, remind me again of what a uh, PE ratio is. You know? Yeah. <laughs> every, every meeting. I don't retain a lot of that. <laughs> PowerPoint's going to look great. So that's, but it's been a lot of fun, we have to say. And the stock market's been doing well. So collectively, we've been doing well. We, that's good. We yeah. hit a couple of high flyers. Luck again, Chipotle, because we're all moms and our people like Chipotle. So. <laughs> that is a keen market insight, Leah. I mean, if you have sons that eat a lot of Chipotle, that's. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I feel like it's as good a metric as any, Liz. <laughs> You're not wrong. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, okay. All right. Well, we mentioned earlier in the show that, um, that Cooking with Liz, you know, it's back for July every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. I'm doing, it's the summer of snacks. And so I've been doing a series of snacks. Um, last week, Julie, I know you were there live. It was fun, yes. right? Yes. It was very fun and uh, very dramatically. <laughs> there was, I was doing a lot of screaming into my phone. See, this is what makes cooking with Liz fun, is yes. that because it's live in real time, while I'm cooking and making my mistakes, everyone is posting, wait, stop. You know, they're, they're correcting me. IRL in real time, which I enjoy when every once in a while when I look up and I see all the warnings, you know, so that is what makes it dramatic. So I made the main snack was uh, pea pesto on crostini and it was delish. Hmm. And I thought that was going to be the tricky part. Well, no, the drama came with the cocktail. I was making the cocktail you recommended, Julie, which is mm -hmm. just ranch water, Texas ranch water. It's not right? just uh, ranch water it's ranch water Liz That's <laughs> okay well how hard could that be right it's basically tequila and lime and a special brand of mineral carbonated mineral water called Topo Chico and which I had never bought or seen or tasted anyway so I go to all the trouble I get out my lime squeezer so that's all very official I'm measuring out the tequila so that's really good I've got the cubes I get it all done and then I go to move on to my next step you know, like to assemble all of my dishes and I realized in a drink called ranch water I did almost forget to put in the water but then I looked up and uh, everyone in the Facebook group was just like in all caps, water, 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 which obviously I would have realized. <laughs> I would have realized once I tasted it that I had forgotten the water and the water was right there. But yeah, it is true that I almost made a drink called ranch water without the water. But um, this is what I mean about losing focus. You know, it goes back to the earlier. It's very dramatically. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, saved it, saved it. Um, so this week, so this Thursday, I am making, this is a more ambitious snack. Uh, I'm making bacon-wrapped jalapeno poppers, and, which I love, but I've never made them. And it's a little more complicated than the other things I've been doing during the, the, the summer of snacks. And so I'm going to have to do some of the prep will be done well before I go live at five o'clock. But at five o'clock, you will see me finishing up the jalapeno poppers. And then as a cocktail, I'm going to make a paloma. 
um, you know, which is grapefruit juice and, and tequila, uh, because I bought all the George Clooney tequila last week. I bought a whole bottle of the Clooney. And so um, I'm trying to use up uh, the tequila by peddling that in the Paloma. So that's what I'm doing this Thursday. Um, it's it's going to require some advanced work, but I think that's going to be a tasty combo, the poppers and Paloma. Yeah. Okay. Let's say one more time where people can see this because as it was about to go live, people were frantically posting, where is this? It is on our Facebook group page, correct? Yes. Yes. In the Facebook group, which means you have to be a member of the Facebook group, right? you know, which is easy to do. You just apply and we approve you. There are a couple of little questions you have to answer. We don't sell any of your data. So you have, if you're a member of the group, then you just log in at five o'clock and it will come up. It will be live as long as you're, uh, as long as you're inside the group. I also post the finished show the next day um, in the Satellite Sisters Instagram feed, but then you're not live. It's not quite as interactive, uh, but you'll be able to see it there. But yes, in the Facebook Satellite Sisters Facebook group, which is highly interactive, wouldn't you say, Joel? Very. Yes. <laughs> so that's where that's where you can see it. Okay. All right. So that's that's Thursday at five Pacific. Five Pacific. Exactly. Thursday at five Pacific. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Uh, you know, one way to keep up with everything that's going on is to subscribe to Pep Talk. That's our weekly newsletter. So you can head on over to SatelliteSisters.com and a sign up window will pop up when you go over there. And we try to put everything in there. And um, we took last week off of Pep Talk, but we'll have one this week. And Liz, we can put your recipe links and things like that. So yes, curious, okay, we can do that in this week's Pep Talk. All right. Um, we're going to come back with more, more information. So uh, <laughs> stay with us. But first, we need to thank a couple of sponsors. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting (laughs) rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. Do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Leon Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you're the boss. I'll take it. (laughs) You tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm-hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. All right, we're back. Well, it's your birthday, as we mentioned, and you're bringing in a huge news story. This is because, you know, I was on vacation, wasn't really reading much news. I I come back, I turn back on, you know, my computer to see the news. Headline, Generation Z is killing email. Okay. (laughs) They decided to kill email while I was on vacation. Okay. All right. All right. Let's review. Generation Z, not millennials. Generation Z are, are people that are born between 1997 and 2012. That mm-hmm. seems impossible to me, the birthday birthday girl, <laughs> that that could be your date of birth, but whatever, okay? <laughs> whatever, okay? 
So apparently, big story in the New York Times about this, that Gen Z, they, had, uh, they interviewed several, um, several people in that generation that are working. Um, these aren't people just lying home on the couch, okay? These people have real jobs, work in real companies. One Gen Z said, every time I get an email, it's like getting stabbed. It's <laughs> <laughs> another thing to do. Okay, they describe uh -huh. email as an eternal chore. One woman wrote, it brought, brought, brought me to tears, okay? Um, Adam Simmons, who's 24, he said, I'll do literally anything but email, okay? E email is a stressor. It's a negative way of life. And Gen Z has had it. They're not going to do it, okay? They would prefer any uh, Instagram, text, Zoom, they don't want full sentences, you know, no punctuation, <laughs> okay? No bullet points, not interested oh, in bullet points. No, they don't want bullet points. I don't really think they're going to want your deck either. PowerPoint <laughs> right behind this, okay? Yeah. And this is, they're just, it's just a big stressor. That's the main thing. Deloitte, a big consulting firm, they said 46% of Gen Zs are stressed when they see email in their inbox they can't handle it they want out okay so they're not going to do it mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. now people have been trying to liz you know this people have been mm -hmm. trying to get rid of email for a long yeah. time it's like yeah. the paperless office that we were supposed to get when email yeah. came in uh in uh the early 2000s okay um so that hasn't really happened um but do you really think that uh this generation can kill um email well, I mean, here's my thing. And like, there's no doubt that email is terrible. I think we all agree. Like, right. it's, email is a drag. The problem is all of the alternatives to email, like, okay, now I'm getting DMs in my Instagram or Twitter or Facebook message, or there's something in the Slack channel. or So I can't find any of those things after the fact. When I right. go to like, oh, somebody sent me a message about, it. now I have to look in six places instead of searching my email. I'm sorry, that's what, that's what makes email better for me is that I can remember where it is and not, not spend so much time on these other platforms. So all these youngins, like I get it, but how do, how do you track down the messages you got three weeks ago from your boss or your client if they're not all consolidated somewhere? That's all. Yeah. I, I just, I, and, is, and I just have a question. Is Gen Z the same generation that killed voicemail? Or yes. is that, or is yes. that millennials? Who the millennials them? may have been, but Gen Z is working on getting rid of email, cash, malls <laughs> and print magazines okay that's their top agenda okay if you like okay. any of those things okay you're out because this group is doing it now leon i know you've been working so hard over there to learn powerpoint and yeah. so i mean you you know what do you think well my kids are gen z right so this is my kids generation and yeah i'm with liz i don't know how you organize your work life if you just don't have one repository for everything that mm -hmm. being said i think the older generations a little less with the reply all you know yeah. and a yes. little bit okay. a little bit shorter email and yes. Like, really keep it tight. Uh, you know, I think we need to teach Gen Z that there is a value to having all your work information in one place. I mm. don't know how you go back and find that phone number someone sent you four weeks ago in a Slack channel. That is no. highly inefficient. So I want, like, if email is so stressful, like, that is work. Work is email. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is your work. It's not. It's if not. The stress is not going to go away. No, it's because you changed the channel. Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's more stressful. Yeah. yeah, I, I mean, right. Trying, trying to find the Zoom invite in your, you know, in your Facebook DM sounds much more stressful to yes. me than yes. going to your email folder. But. I also think that uh, writing is thinking, uh, and so that right. if, you if you take the time to to write an email, um, there's a little more thought in it than just responding, uh, you know, via some um, faster faster method. Yeah. It is a way to organize your thoughts. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, as long well, as that's overrated. Hit reply all. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. And we are going to save this segment because. 
purely right. in a very short time, we are going to be mocked because we were trying to defend email. Okay. Save email. Okay, save email. That is going to be a good looking t-shirt. Okay. <laughs> Defund email. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Well, I just have one quick story here, which really is more of a question, which is, what is happening, Minnesota? Now, now we feel very close to Minnesota. Uh, we have many, many loyal listeners in Minnesota. Uh, the state of Minnesota is actually the number two state for all Satellite Sisters listeners. It's California, Minnesota, then New York, and a bunch of others. So we love you, Minnesota. This is not personal. But what is up with you and the football-sized goldfish that are taking over? Okay, so... The, this what are you talking about? Okay, well, Julie, apparently you missed the fact that last week, officials in Burnsville, which is a city 15 miles south of Minneapolis, sent out a tweet asking people, please don't release your pet goldfish into ponds and lakes. Uh, they grow bigger than you think and contribute to poor water quality by mucking up the bottom sediments and uprooting plants. So apparently... People were thinking they were doing the sort of humane or kind thing. They wanted to get rid of their goldfish by just taking them to a lake and putting them in. But I just assumed like goldfish just automatically die anyway of natural causes in a bowl at home within a month. So the idea that these goldfish are being put back in the wild and they are not only surviving, they are thriving and growing to these huge sizes it's pretty unbelievable to me because wouldn't you have thought that they just, so last year in the county there, workers removed an estimated 50,000 fish in one day. Wow. So, no, so, that is, is this a fact checking on that? Is that right? Is that this right? is in the Washington Post, Julie. Okay. I'm reading from the Washington okay. Post. All right. This is not some BuzzFeed list of states with the most football-sized goldfish. This is... An, actual report which is why wouldn't doesn't that prompt the question what is up minnesota so apparently this is true that the goldfish can like live for up to 25 years weigh as much as four pounds Whoa. and measure over a foot long here's another factoid they can survive in severe conditions and can weather winters in bodies of water that have frozen over living for months without oxygen I, like, I can understand why you didn't know this, Minnesota, because who would have guessed that? But now that we know this, please keep your goldfish to yourself. That's all I got to say. That's, you know, forget about the timberwolves. What if the goldfish take over? What are, what is the steps, Julie, for prote protecting ourselves from goldfish? Football-sized goldfish. I'll post, I'll post the photo in, uh, in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group so you can see what I'm talking about. This is a menace. And uh, I just wanted to bring it to your attention, Minnesota, in okay. case you hadn't seen it. All right. Well, we had a family goldfish situation. Um, I always, you know, the kids would win them at the school fairs, right? Yes, right. And I, I've had goldfish for a long time. I had goldfish all through college. I just kept them in a bowl, but I cleaned the bowl out and I fed, I didn't overfeed the fish. And that's the secret to keeping a goldfish alive. But I had also heard uh, that if the goldfish grow to the size of their environment, now, mm. again, I, I'm not a biologist, so please weigh in. I'm sure someone is. So please, that's why the goldfish in, yes. in the bowl stays small, um, because you're just allowing them this tiny little bowl. So we had this school fair goldfish for about four years. I kept it alive on the kitchen wow. counter. And at the time, Colin was doing a lot of house sitting for a neighbor. I'm just going to say a neighbor uh, who had, a, who had a, you know, a little koi pond, a fish pond in the backyard. And part of his job included feeding the fish. So after four years of cleaning that tiny bowl, I said, why don't we release Goldie into the, into the neighbor's fish pond and see how that goes? Mm. And we, it was a science experiment we thought was a good idea because um, I was tired of cleaning the bowl. So we released Goldie into the bowl, into the fish pond. And at first, the other fish were very, um, they were suspicious of Goldie. So Goldie would sit on one side of the pond and the other fish in their school would just watch mm -hmm. Goldie. Mm -hmm. And they were much bigger fish. So were they, those were carp, right? I, they were yeah, orange fish. I don't know what those <laughs> were. <laughs> they were. That's 
Molecular biologists call them. Woo! This show is amazing. <laughs> so long story short, after a couple of weeks, the fish integrated Goldie into their school. Nice. And she was so happy. They were all together and it was great. And then our neighbor came home and poured the wrong solution into the fish pond and killed every fish in the oh. pond. So after four years, four of, years. Oh. of captivity in that goldfish bowl, she had finally like found her people and it was short-lived. So, oh. Well, well, she should so have called the company that was doing a lot of work in this story in the Washington Post is called Carp Solutions, which I think is just a hilarious name for a business. So the neighbor should have, should have left it to Carp Solutions. We couldn't even tell her that we had put our own fish in there, which is such a tragedy. <laughs> so we kept it a secret from her. But now that I've, I've, come, I've, outed, I've outed myself uh, on a podcast. Anyway, uh, I can understand the impetus to want to free your goldfish is all I'm saying. Um, okay. All right, so now I have a beauty block, sisters, because uh, you know we we're all about beauty here at Satellites. <laughs> That's where I mean, we do a podcast, right? Yes. I mean, Liz revealed to us before the show she hadn't actually um, shampooed her hair in two weeks, so that's great. So, <laughs> and we thought it looked good, didn't we? Liz? <laughs> yes. We liked it. That's I have so much body. So Thank much you. Um, okay. So, uh, today I, I'm going to bring you three beauty stories. I think it's summertime beauty. So we've got essential oils, we've got French manicures and bare your legs. Okay. So the first story comes to us from the New York times and the headline really struck me. It says essential oils may be wreaking havoc on your skin. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> raise your hand if you have fallen prey during the to just putting anything you find in your bathroom on your face. Does that happen to anyone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, huh, I've had this for four years. Let's try it out. So, um, you know, and essential oils are things that somehow are in gift bags or you get friends give them to you or you, you know, it's a last minute purchase and you're reading a lot about them and you're like, yes, I should put tea tree oil over my whole body. I'm sure that will be a great idea. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, please don't. According to Dr. Annie Gonzalez, a dermatologist in Miami, she's seen an uptick in essential oil reactions, calling them the leading cause of contact dermatitis. Oh, really? And she, she, said, she said specifically, it's worsened because people are at home in the pandemic just experimenting with essential oils. <laughs> <laughs> They're just using undiluted forms of these oils to make their own products. And that is not a good idea. But it goes to that idea, like if someone thinks it's natural, it must uh -huh. be okay, right? Yeah, yeah be, right. It must be fine. And dermatologists are here to tell you, no, no. Uh, you know, add a couple of drops or two to your candle while you're doing yoga or meditating. Do not take that same oil and rub it on your face. That is not a good idea. You know why, Julie and Liz? Why? Because it gets into the bloodstream. And <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But you if know, it's all natural, what's the, you know, what's the problem? Yeah. It's not good because it, these are the si common side effects, redness, chemical burns, headaches, swelling, blisters. <laughs> oh, that's no good. All right. So just, just don't put it on your face. The okay. citrus oils like lemon, orange, and bergamot are particularly dangerous because they can be phototoxic, meaning they react to UV light. So oh. you're going to get skin, if you go out in the sun, that burns and blisters. Okay. Mm. But stay mm. away from cinnamon bark, clove, lemongrass, oregano, peppermint, and jasmine oils. Okay. <laughs> just, just, just stay away. I, I've been <laughs> smearing a lot of oregano all over my face. Okay, good tip, good tip. I'll stop doing that. I, Leanne, I think you may have to make sure Sheila hears this information. <laughs> okay. Because our sister Sheila seems like she would be a prime suspect for this. Yes. Exactly, Jill. Okay, moving on now to your nail care. Julie and Liz, you know the Dolan girls. We spend a lot of time on our manicures, don't we? <laughs> I mean, gloves. I, I wish Rothy's made gloves. <laughs> Yeah, we can put that in the product suggestion bin. Uh, yeah, I, I think collectively we have some of the worst hands in America. I would say yeah. that's true. You know, genetically, we did not inherit great looking hands. And then we also inherited um, our mother's 
so use your hands a lot. So we wash yeah. our own dishes without gloves. <laughs> we like clean things without gloves. We're mm. out in the garden day and night. So uh, we don't bother with a lot of complicated manicures. Um, is that fair to say? Julie, you yeah. had a, a short period where you had a lot of fake nails and that made us laugh. When was that? <laughs> It was when you first moved to California. That's you right. It was doing it up. the California experience. Okay. okay. Oh, we mocked you quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> well, the French manicure is coming back and um, none of us can handle it, but maybe some of our listeners can. And here's why, because you need really long nails and you need to be into shaping your nails. Is that something you're interested in? Yeah. Julie? Who, who's got the time? Who's got the time for that? <laughs> so, but you know, the French manicure, the classic is just, it's like a pale pink nail with mm -hmm. a white tip straight mm -hmm. across. That's not happening anymore, you guys. You can paint those French manicures any colors you want, okay? They can be different colors on every nail. It can be orange and red and pink and blue and green on a single hand, all different color combinations. That line, it doesn't go straight across the top of your nail. It's slanting, it's dripping, it's jagged. It's Ooh. exciting, you guys. I'm just, I'm just here to say, for people who have nails, it must be great. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, I like seeing these photos. It's dramatic, but I can't imagine actually putting tiny little eyes right where my cuticles are. No, thanks. Or tiger stripe tips. Oh, what's that? It's Where's exciting. your sense of fun, Leanne? Come on. No, I think for other people, it's just not for me. But I, yeah. I applaud those of you who have made the commitment to these French nails. If you have them, I would love you to post a photo on satellites at the Facebook group it's at, mm -hmm. uh, for Satellite Sisters, because I want to see what people are doing out there with, quote, nail art, which is not something I, we've ever really. I, yeah. I, admi I admire it. I'm a little bit jealous of it. Aren't yeah. You? Yeah. 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 Let's yeah. see some yeah. pictures of it. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's true. Natural selection has meant that we basically have hands designed for digging up potatoes, right? <laughs> I mean, I feel lucky I can get one color on some of my nails. <laughs> they're so they're so bad looking. <laughs> I like when they say, "What shape would you like?" I was like, "Nail shape." It's just it's nothing to do with. Okay, now uh, here's a fashion here's a fashion story, you guys. Okay, maybe uh, we'll do better in this category because really, <laughs> well, you might because this the source here is AARP. So I know when I'm looking for hot fashion tips, I go to ARP. I mean, that's where I go. <laughs> yeah, right. Sure. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. so it's a question of I want to get some discounts on a hotel room, and I want to know ten ways women fifty plus can bear legs this summer. All right, oh, so. Okay. Um, here are some of the not terrible tips. Okay. One not terrible tip, use leg makeup. Okay. Well, that's a lot of work, but all right, that exists or DIY self tanner. I think we've all probably done that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We've had orange legs. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Here's another one. That's not a terrible tip. Try a skort instead of a short. Okay. All right. I, I like I've skorts. Got, yeah. Well, I'm very pro skort. Yeah. Yeah, I am too. About five years ago, I decided I'm never wearing shorts again. So, which is why <laughs> and I've embraced the skirt and the skort. Now, the problem with ARP is that they have decided they like shorts. Okay. <laughs> so oh. here, here are their tips that are going to make your legs great. Uh, count on jean shorts. They want you to wear jorts. Okay. No one, <laughs> no one looks good in jorts. What? Please. I mean, me. seventeen-year-olds look fantastic in George. So cute. Again, yeah. this is fifty plus. Or how about stay classic and tailored Bermudas? Okay, Julie, you're a you're a classic sister. Do you have yeah. any tailored Bermudas? Oh no, none. I'm not doing that. Not falling that trap. Okay. Okay. No. You know, bike shorts are back. Have you seen that? That's that's you know that's great. But they're saying no, no. Try sweat shorts. Oh wow, that is. Not <laughs> That is not a good look. I mean, that is a, a terrible short, idea. Little shorts made out of sweat sweatpants. Yes. Okay. Oh. And then this is going to be controversial when I say it, uh, but I can't agree with this. Switch from ankle pants to capris. I don't. Mm. Does anybody but Audrey Hepburn look good in a capri? I just <laughs> have anyone. Anyone? Well, okay. I I enjoy the capri. I do. I like you it. do? I like no, it. you asked. Your question was, "Does anyone look good in it?" That's a okay. Question. <laughs> that is that is my question. 
I know people I, wear. I'm not going to judge whether I look good in it. I mean, but I enjoy the capri, capri yoga tights. Those look pretty cute. I think. No. Okay. Okay. All right. I said it was controversial. Not a fan of the capri look. Okay. But here's the one that really uh, confused me. This is an article again. It's entitled. 10 ways women 50 plus can bare legs this summer. Number 10, choose a statement top. <laughs> so that's- In other words, it's a distraction. Distraction. A distraction. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Wear whatever you want on the bottom, but just distract them. Thank like you, that. AARP. Yes. Advice. Maybe some well, big earrings too. That could really help. Statement <laughs> necklace. Statement necklace. Okay. I think we can all agree that we don't need to be ashamed of our legs. I mean, they do a lot of work for us. Speaking yes. of someone who's been thinking about my legs very hard this year and how important they are. So I'm not afraid to show them. But the, uh, yeah, the sweatshorts, not, not the way I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. Get a, get a sexy dress or a, a skirt or just something. Do, do that for me, will you? All right. Thanks, AARP. Great fashion tips. All right. When we come back, we got entertaining sisters. Uh, but first, we want to thank a couple of sponsors for their support of Satellite Sisters. Liz, summer is coming up, and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for a part of the summer, yeah. I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what, uh, what, what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just going to buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you, I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. ButcherBox gives you peace of mind and easy-to-find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood, no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because yeah. it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... <laughs> That's nice. That's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. All right, sisters. Uh, what do we got going on here? I would send, oh, guess what? Next week is our Olympic show. That sounds exciting, Leanne. We should have some fanfare music, no doubt. Yeah, I know. Oh, we don't have any. We do. Yeah. We don't have any. But even better than that, though, we have an Olympian. <gasps> we are so excited. Cat uh, Holmes is going to be joining us. She is the daughter of a longtime Satellite Sisters listener. Her mom, Lori, did a fantastic job um, pitching her to us when we, I think it took us about 22 seconds to say yes. We would love to talk to your wonderful daughter, who is a member of the U.S. fencing team. She was an Olympian in Rio and postponed her life plans to stay on track for Tokyo. Um, Liz and I have already talked to her because she was en route to a foreign country, all the quarantining. It's a lot going on. Mm -hmm. I can tell you she is a delight, and it is we, we are happy to have a fencer in the family with Kathy. Yes. So oh fun. My goodness. She deserves her own podcast, frankly. <laughs> I mean, she's so much fun to talk to. You're going to love this interview. Yeah. And it's just so we're going to talk about all things Olympics. A lot of conversations have popped up in the Facebook group about the Olympics. Other people have second cousins going to the Olympics. That's great. If you have anybody you know going to the Olympics and competing, because those are the only people allowed to go to the Olympics this year, are the actual competitors, just let us know over at the Facebook group. But next week, it is our Olympic show. Uh, so we're excited to, um, to share our interview with Kat with you. And um, you can follow her on social media, and it will be great. She has the whole sisterhood rooting for her. And once you hear the interview, you're going to be genuinely rooting for her. She's a delight. Okay. I can't wait. That's good. 
But in the meantime, it's time for entertaining sisters. Now, uh, Liz and Leon, I had high hopes, high hopes this week to let you know about a new series on Netflix called Traitors. Uh, mm. Have you seen that um, um, promoted? Yeah. Uh, looked really good because it stars Keely Hawes, Luke Treadway, Emma Appleton, all these highly attractive actors. Uh, it's a spy story. So, you know, I'm in. Okay. Because uh, that is your genre. That yes. is, we spend a lot of time talking about spies in our household, so we were all in. Uh, so, and this is a story, the storyline seemed really appealing. It was a young woman, a highly attractive English woman, who agrees to help, the, uh, to help and become an American agent to root out Russian in infiltration of, in the British government. Okay, so... You know, Russian inf infiltration. I'm all in on this. This is set in a uh, post-World War II timeframe. So high hopes. It's only six episodes. Again, sounds ideal. Okay. But here is the problem. Okay. They let me just list off a quick list of the plot lines and themes that were included in this six part series called the traitors. Okay. Mm -hmm. Post World War II socialist movement. So there's a lot about that. There's a lot about the Russian British relations. There's U S Russian relations, U S British relations. There's a whole subplot about the creation of OSS, which is the precursor to the CIA. Then, of course, you have Kim Philby, who's the double agent. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have a whole storyline about the creation of the state of Israel. Mm -hmm. uh, there is a strong uh, storyline um, focused on racism, one on sexism, one on homophobia, one on <laughs> British classism, one Oof. on the U.S. military-industrial complex. Do you see where I'm going with this? Seems like this series has it all. It's unmissable. Yes. It's unmissable. Is that what you're here to tell us? Yes. It just, it was too much. Okay. It's like the kitchen sink. Leon, they needed yeah. an editor. They needed yeah. a writer. Okay. They just thought they're going to throw it all in there and something will stick. We've got this good looking cast. Uh, <laughs> who doesn't love a spy story? And that, so it was really disappointing. I'm sorry to say, you know? So wait, okay. but you still watched all six episodes? Of course we did. <laughs> well, that was my job, okay? I had to tell you, I feel obligated to the Satellite Sisterhood, okay? We do so sisters every time, I know. It's so interesting how to decide whether to abandon a show or not. I, I, guess, I guess if it was 22 episodes, you would have abandoned it. But yes. six, you figure in for a dime and for a dollar, as that's, mom would say. That, yes. that's, that's probably it. So... I can't recommend traders. I think you will okay. be. I think you will be somewhat disappointed if you. Uh, and if I missed any of the themes or subplots, please let me know because <laughs> there were a bunch. And it. So okay. That's okay. Thank you, Julie. Thanks Thank for you. taking one for the team. <laughs> okay, I want to recommend a podcast, but a short series within a podcast that I thought was very fun. So the podcast is called Sporkful, and this has been on forever. The host is a guy named Dan Pashman, who's very funny. And it's, you know, it's another food podcast, and there are many, many of them. I don't listen to most of them. However, Dan decided uh, a couple of years ago that he wanted to create a new shape of pasta that he felt like spaghetti was overrated and because it didn't hold sauce very well. He just had a beef with spaghetti and a lot of the existing pastas. So he set out to create a new pasta shape. So this is a five-part series within the Sporkful podcast that's called Mission Impossible. And it's funny. More, it is funny. And it's more of a business story than a food story, really, which is why I'm recommending it. Like, how would you even go about starting this? Like, you want to invent a new pasta shape. And he had three things that he was looking for in his new pasta shape. And I thought this was very strategic on Dan Pashman's part. Number one was forkability. Could you really pick it up on your fork? You know, mm -hmm. because a lot of pastas... They're just not forkable. So forkability, number one. Number two, sauceability. He felt like many pastas, but especially your spaghettis, linguinis, they just don't hold sauce very well. And people say Bucatini holds the sauce, but he begs to differ. 
So you have your fork ability, you have your sauce ability, and then the last one was tooth sink ability. Does it really feel good to bite into? Tooth sink ability, again, he felt like spaghetti's just not that satisfying to bite into. And a lot of pastas, you know, once you get into your tortellini, okay, they're more tooth sinkable. But so fork ability. Deep analysis, Liz, I'm telling you, right? This is what made it interesting, Julie. And it's, you know, so it's five episodes of how you would actually go about doing this how do you who manufactures it where does the wheat come from north dakota fyi who knew uh anyway so very very fun five-part series on how to launch your own new shape of pasta and then uh there is a follow-up episode on how well it worked i'm not going to give you any spoilers but i (laughs) i will admit that i bought some and I, i cooked it this weekend and i would rate it very high on forkability, sauceability, and tooth sinkability. And uh, he named it Cascatelli. That's the name of this new shape. And I'm, I'm going to leave it to him to explain in the series, like, how many different names they tried and all of that. So very fun to listen to. It's sportful, mission, impossible. And then you get to make a meal after you're done with it. So uh, I recommend it. It's, it's more than just a podcast. So I recommend it. Great, Liz. Okay, that's a that's a good recommendation. All right. Well, Julie requested that I recommend um, some titles from our Satellite Sisters Best Beach Bag Books list for one for Julie and one for Liz. Okay. So there's that list is up at Satellite Sisters.com. Uh, it's on the blog, but we've spread the link around. There's you know quite a few about twenty books there. There are also deeper recommendations like if you like this book, try these books. So you can read all the mini reviews we have. You can click through and buy all the books at bookshop.org. <clears throat> so, but I wanted to recommend um, two of the titles for you guys each, uh, as as requested. Mm-hmm. All right, so Liz, the one I want to recommend for you is the other black girl by mm-hmm. Zakia Delilah Harris. Have you read this by any chance, Liz? I have not read it yet, but I will admit when I reposted, I retweeted the Best Beach Bag book list and I tagged her, Zakia yeah. Harris, and she liked our tagly and she liked the, <laughs> the Satellite Sisters post about it. So I really owe her this. And it sounds really fun. Isn't it about like a publishing company in New York or something? Yes. See, this yeah. is why I think you'd like it because it's yeah. a workplace Yes. Right. Right. You know, not enough fiction is actually set in workplaces. Mm -hmm. I don't think like when I finish this, it's a super clever story. It's about like the one black girl that works at an all white publishing house in New York. And all of a sudden one day, another black girl shows up. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, the author, uh, Zakia Delilah Harris, worked at an all white publishing house uh, in New York for three years. So she really nails all the details of the workplace and that experience. Um, But then the plot takes off in a very clever way that you would not expect. So okay. it, goes un- it goes to unexpected places. I listened to the audiobook. I think the reading in the audiobook is great. So I really enjoyed this and I think you would love it because it's workplace. And so mm-hmm. a lot of the dilemmas are workplace related great. in a good way. So okay. the other black girl. Now, okay. Julie, for you, I also picked an audiobook. I know you don't listen to a lot of audiobooks, but this is specific. I think okay. if you and your granddaughter, Alice, are taking any road trips or... Uh-huh any projects together, uh, this would be a fun one for you guys to listen to. And this is The Cozy Mystery, Arsenic, and Adobo by Mia Manansala. Okay. okay. So Julie, do you know what a cozy mystery is? That's a yeah. genre. No, I don't, Liam. So it's a mystery that doesn't have a lot of blood and gore. Oh, okay. That's good. Okay. Or bad language. It's like a PG-13 mystery. Okay. Oh, and it's a whole genre. And uh, a lot of cozy mysteries also include food for some reason, or they're set in like bakeries or restaurants. That's <laughs> So okay. because it's, it's, they're sort of, you know, geared towards women who like dead bodies and baked goods, apparently. So, um, so Arsenic in Adobo is the first in a series by this uh, writer, Mia. She is Filipino. So this is set in a Filipino restaurant. Oh, 
And so there is, but there's a lot of great relationships between her and the aunties and her best friends. And again, the, the reader, the narrator for the audiobook did a fantastic job, age appropriate. The heroine is like, you know, 27 or so just coming back home after trying to get established in the big city and failing there. So it's just really kind of a, for a murder mystery, it's sort of warm and lovely and family oriented. So, and I think it would make a great listen if you were in the car with your teenager. Okay. Totally clean to listen to. And again, tons of delicious sounding food. Uh, so <laughs> I'm in on that. And it's the first okay. of the series. So that title is Arsenic and Adobo. All right. So those are all at satellitesisters.com. Just click on the blog and you'll see all the books. But again, we continue to spread that link around. And thanks to everybody who's supported those books and those authors. We appreciate that. That's um, great, Leanne, because the Beach Bag book season is really just beginning. So just, plenty of time to stock up. Right. There's, yeah. And, and a lot of all, as I said, a lot of alternatives. There's the mm-hmm. list and then there's extra books that I, you know, that I mentioned, if you like this, try this. So mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot to like there. There's a lot to like. It's a good list. Um, all right. First, we want to thank uh, our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. Thank you, Sergio. It's great to be back uh, with you. And thanks for making us sound great. A big thanks to our graphic designer, Emily Loudermilk. Um, you know, you guys in August were taking our hiatus. So we're pre-producing some shows. And one of the shows that we're working on is, um, is the 20th anniversary show. So that Zoom event that we did Uh, We are going to create a podcast out of it. So yesterday I had to watch it again and do edit notes. And I I forgot how delightful it was to see Sergio and Emily at the end of... (laughs) Yes, absolutely. (laughs) There's a lot of good material in that show. Anyway, that will be in August. Um, We would like to thank our sponsors. Thanks to you for supporting our sponsors because that's the way our show keeps going. So we appreciate it. Um, all right, to do's, Julie. What do you ha- What do you have, birthday girl? Well, well, birthday girl. Do you ever buy yourself your a birthday present, your own birthday yes. present? Yes, sure. So that yeah. is what I am doing today. But because uh, I feel like I am finally old enough for this, I am going to get a key ring, one of those big giant key rings. Maybe you've seen them all over the place, because I have literally spent weeks looking for my keys in the bottom of my purse. Okay. I, I know that now with big giant key ring, I am go- going to be able to learn a new language, per- perhaps take up making jam or really master pickleball because I have just had it. I just spent so much time rummaging in my purse that I'm going to get myself a big fat key ring for my birthday. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. Happy birthday. Wow. <laughs> Don't go too crazy. <laughs> All right. Well, I plan on enjoying the empty nest when it finally gets empty. Uh, My son, Colin, is going on a 10-day road trip. I can hear him right now outside packing the car. Um, And I cannot wait. Then that's... (laughs) (laughs) You love him. You love him. I love him. I love him. We have a lovely relationship, but uh, you know, those graduates of 2020 and, and you know, those college kids, they've been hanging around a little bit more than they should. And uh, I'm happy that he's going off with a friend to the Southwest and I'm going to re-enjoy, uh, re-enter the empty nest and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, Liz, how about you? Well, um, Hooper and I both need haircuts. That's, you know, we're kind of on the same cycle. And so uh, I made his appointment at the groomer uh, for for Saturday. And, uh, and now I just need to make my own. So by the end of the week, I'm hoping we'll both be cleaned up a little bit. That's, you know, that's just where we are. I've let things go super long for me. And as you mentioned earlier, I also haven't been shampooing a lot it wasn't like a major decision it's just because i'm back in the pool i've been taking showers at the pool and i don't have my hair shampoo with me anyway hair needs attention in my household so that's what we're doing this week okay as long as you as long as hooper's going to the groomers and you're going to the salon (laughs) yes Yes, we have our hair cared for in entirely different (laughs) establishments thank you julie for helping me clarify that Mm -hmm. Mm mm-hmm If Liz comes home with a bandana around her neck, (laughs) we're going to know something went horribly wrong. (laughs) All right. Sisters, have a great week. You too, Leanne. You too, Leanne. And don't forget, call your satellite sister.